Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. There are lots of things going on in the legal world that may help you if you have a legal problem. That is, it may make some legal uh, aspects of legal services available to you at a price that perhaps is going to be a little more affordable than having to go to a lawyer. But they're baby steps. We're going to talk about some of these things that are going on with Tom Gordon, who's the executive director of Responsive Law, which is a nonprofit organization which is out there looking out for the legal consumer. Tom, just give our listeners a brief overview of what Responsive Law does. Sure. Uh, We are a policy organization, and we do work nationwide to fix some of the regulations that are preventing people from getting affordable legal help. Um, A lot of people think that they can't get legal help because lawyers are all out to get them. And lawyers are no better or no worse than any other professionals out there. The difference is that lawyers are self-regulating and set the rules that govern how services are provided. And that means that those who are currently enjoying economic benefits will set up the rules to continue to enjoy those benefits even at the expense of the public. So that does sometimes make it a lot more difficult to get, for example, help from paralegals, help online to answers to legal questions and so on. Would that be a correct appraisal? Exactly. Any sort of innovation is frowned upon uh, in most cases by uh, those who are regulating the practice of law. But there are some exciting things, and I know over the last little while you've started looking at some of the – what were the most significant things that happened in 2019? And and you have some interesting things on here. I think your number one thing had to do with whether or not Arizona and U- and Utah as well as California are going to be start a way making it more available, making legal services more available through someone other than an attorney. Is that right? I, I'm not quite sure exactly what the law says. I didn't read it, but I figured you'd tell us. Right. They're actually doing things that fit into two main areas. One is changing the restrictions on who can provide legal services, like you said, uh, making it so that competent professionals other than lawyers are able to provide uh, legal services that are within the area of their expertise. Um, That's something that happens in the medical profession, for example, where you don't go to a doctor for a prescription or for a flu shot. You can go to a nurse practitioner or go to a pharmacy. Um, Similarly, in law, you should be able to go to a competent professional to do things that don't necessarily require a lawyer. Okay, so that would mean loosening the, the the restrictions on them. Now, I know, for example, we've talked about the state of Florida being very restrictive as far as paralegals being able to do much of anything without having an attorney looking over their shoulder. Um, uh, is that state still restrictive, and are they one of the most restrictive states in terms of, of uh, outside legal help? Mm-hmm. Florida still is one of the uh, one of the most restrictive states, um, and that's actually. Uh, shown up in one of the uh, one of the cases we've been involved in. There's a case that's about to be heard by the Florida Supreme Court involving a uh, traffic ticket fighting app called Ticked, T-I-K-D. And Ticked is a really great app. I uh, confess I used it myself one time to fight a traffic ticket. Uh, that uh, what you do is you scan your ticket and it will then uh, hook you up with a lawyer who will handle it for you. And they will charge you a flat fee of a lesser amount than the uh, value of the ticket. So if you got a ticket for $100, they will say, for example, OK, for $75, we will put you in touch with the lawyer who will represent you. That will cover the lawyer's costs. And if you end up losing your case uh, when you go to fight the traffic ticket, 
you're, we'll cover the difference. If you Ooh, end up I winning, love that. If you end up winning the case, you don't get your $75 back, but you, you know, that's a decision that you can make yeah. to say, I want to take care of this for a flat fee, and you really never have to see it again. If you want to be in touch with a lawyer about the case, you certainly can, but they have all the details they need to go forward with that. So, so that app then would mean that I wouldn't have to take my time off from work. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to go to court. I wouldn't have to go do anything. Somebody else would do it for me and they would do it at a flat fee. That's right. And it would be a lawyer doing it. What's interesting about this, though, is that uh, there are rules out there about how lawyers' fees can be uh, shared with other people. And what uh, Florida's bar decided uh, is that this was something where it was an improper – they considered an improper sharing of fees between lawyers and non-lawyers. That because oh, wow. lawyers were getting money but also part of the money was going to TICT, which is a company, not a lawyer, sure. that this was uh, against the lawyer's rules of conduct. So and, – and, and has the decision been made on that? So that was decided uh, – it was decided at uh, – sent to what's called a referee, somebody that the Supreme Court appoints to decide these matters and they find out – what the facts are and make a decision. The referee recommended that this not be considered the unauthorized practice of law, that lawyers be allowed to participate in this service and therefore customers would have access to it. Uh, But that is going up to be heard on a final decision by the Supreme Court in March. Uh, So you have to wait and find out what's going to happen. Are they still able to provide services right now? They have, uh, for the moment, uh, ceased providing these types of services. Uh, They pivoted to some other lines of business and – uh, we are hopeful that if this decision goes the right way, that it will vindicate consumers' rights to have these types of services available that are beneficial to them, not harmful. Well, you know, one of the problems that we hear, running call for action, we have consumers who have problems of all sizes and all magnitudes of money, very small cases to very big cases. Now, if you have a huge case, that's one thing. But if you have a small complaint that's, say, $2,000 in call for action – Heaven forbid that we shouldn't be able to help you, but in some cases you can't. And in order to take that, usually we recommend that consumers go to small claims court. That's fine in some jurisdictions, but some states are very restrictive in that. So so what you're saying here, this, this would be relieving that. Um, this would be allowing um, services that would be more beneficial to the consumer. Exactly. And it's services provided by a lawyer, but in a way that's economically beneficial to the uh, to the consumer mm-hmm. and economically beneficial to the lawyers who are doing it as well. Lawyers mm-hmm. don't have to go out and hunt down business individually. Right. They right. can find a lot of business and go in and fight multiple traffic tickets on the same day and make enough money that they can continue their business. I love that idea. I really do. Was it any kind of ticket? Uh, it's for – Not uh, drunk driving, not I'm drunk, sure. Right, not DUI, not uh, vehicular manslaughter, but – most sort of things like speeding, speeding and other and things those, of that nature. All those cameras right. that catch you all right. over no matter where you go. And was that being used in all states or was that – It was in Florida. It was in D.C., which was where I used it and uh-huh. uh, and a few other states as well. But as I said, they've suspended that uh, part of their operations for the time being. You got any crystal ball to figure out how you think it's going to go? I don't know. I and mean, We filed a, an amicus brief in this case pointing out the consumer interest in having these services available – uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I may have a little better of a sense of it after they have oral argument on this in March. Mm-hmm. But uh, for right now, it's you know. anybody's guess. How, how soon will the decision be handed down after the argument, oral argument? Uh, should be, I would hope, within a few months, but I don't know an exact yeah. time. So, in the meantime, the 
company's got to go do something else. Oh, that's right. unfortunate. Let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Tom Gordon. He's the executive director of Responsive Law. And we're talking about the ways that this nonprofit organization is working to make legal services more accessible to consumers. And uh, they're doing a lot of stuff, some very interesting things. Just we We're just talking about the, the app that help you fight tickets or opening up more access to legal services without having to, re- having to require a lawyer. Um, now, you say California is doing some things as well. There's stuff, Utah, Arizona, making strides forward. But you know, Tom, one of the things, and you and I have talked about this in the past, it, it, it's when you all did, and you haven't done it for a little while, but when you did, the last time you did a report card on the states and how they were helping consumers with, in terms of making access, excuse me, providing access to legal services, no state got anything higher than a C. That was really kind of scary. Are you going to do a, stud- a study like that, you think, anytime soon? You know, we don't have plans to do that right now. But I think if these reforms went through in California and oh, Arizona and Utah, we'd actually see states that were uh, taking legitimate steps around regulation that made services more available and more affordable to the public. Yeah. Oh, that would be that would be absolutely wonderful because so many cases don't you don't really want or can afford a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And if you make it easier and being able to go to someone who's a non-lawyer but who's a competent trained professional, I, I think it makes an awful lot of sense. Are you seeing that some of the era, some states are loosening the restrictions on paralegals, for example? Uh, well, we have seen California actually just uh, – is continuing to modify their proposal, and it's in an early stage, but they are looking at mm-hmm. uh, licensing paralegals to provide services directly to consumers, uh, at least in certain areas of law, which would be a huge step forward. But the bigger thing that those three states are doing is they're changing these rules about fee sharing, about the business structures that lawyers can have. So if you go to get a help with a legal matter, uh, the legal matters that most people deal with, say employment matters or housing or other common consumer type of issues, the law firms you're going to go to are not large law firms. They're at most a dozen lawyers. And that's because you can't have the economies of scale in law that you can in other uh, service industries. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what you see is that uh, no one can bring in outside investment in a law firm. And if, say, Costco or Target wanted to open up a law firm where they provided services to the public, they're not allowed to do that. Lawyers yeah, that are was, from I that was astonished to learn that, that you cannot have an outside, a non-lawyer investing or starting a law firm. So if I had zillions of dollars and I wanted to start a law firm and hire you and all of the wonderful people you work with, I couldn't do it. Right. If you have a great idea of how you could provide these services efficiently and get lawyers to be effective and efficient and specialized and use technology to provide services at an affordable rate to people, you're not allowed to do that. And if you're a lawyer, you can't bring in the outside capital to run your firm that way. Really? You can't even – You, I mean you could borrow money, but that had to be borrowing money on your own name. Right. You'd be borrowing money on your own name or your firm's name and not at the – you wouldn't be able to do it at the scale you'd need – to start a national or well, actually, to have invest outside investments cannot right. be made into the firm. Exactly. So you could borrow wow. money, you can use your own money, but you can't bring in outside capital in any other way. Is that partially probably to keep large corporations for going into the legal market? And- there's there's a few things. the The reason that the bar says this rule is in place is to prevent uh, any sort of outside investor from exercising undue influence on a lawyer and 
turning them mm-hmm. against their client. Um, the problem with that is that there's plenty of reason to think that uh, lawyers face those same pressures internally. Lawyers face minimum billable hour requirements. Lawyers in small practices face pressure to keep their doors open. There's all sorts of incentives. Uh, the other problem with this reasoning by the bar is that it assumes that lawyers have no backbone. Uh, we have a code of professional responsibility. We have ethics. Presumably, we're not going to cave just because somebody tells us to treat our client the wrong way and they've got right. some financial stake right. involved. Yeah. Well, let's hope some some of those changes are are, are being made. I know that uh, in one of your, your top things was the um, – there was great concern that the ABA was going to make it much more difficult to get online legal documents and that sort of thing. Would that have affected companies like LegalZoom and whatnot? What, tell us about that and what it was and why you feel it, it's going to be or hopefully a victory for consumers. Sure. The ABA, uh, going back, I guess, a year and a half ago, uh, the ABA, as part of their their uh, business at their annual and semi-annual meetings, considers resolutions on all sorts of policies and changes to model rules of professional conduct. And while the ABA doesn't actually have set the rules for any state or for how lawyers are, lawyers are governed, uh, they do carry a lot of weight with states that do do that. Uh, and so the New York State Bar came in and had a proposal that was going to – the effect of it would have been to essentially – burden uh, online document preparation services like LegalZoom and others uh, so much that they would essentially have to stop doing business under this model. They would put so many restrictions in place that it would be impossible for them to continue. Uh, they tried to sneak it through as an, as an emergency measure or as a last-minute measure saying there was no opposition. Uh, we raised our voice very quickly and said, no, there was no opposition because no one told us about it until now. Mm-hmm. So that got it punted for another six months. They tried to put it through again. And again, with pressure from us and other organizations, we were able to get this proposal stopped. Finally, the third time, uh, which was just a few months ago, they uh, we were part of a group that was called upon to suggest changes to this proposal. And we uh, were able to get it modified in such a way that it contains some real consumer protections and gets rid of a lot of the things that were ostensibly protecting consumers, but were really trying to protect uh, lawyers who were benefiting from the status quo. <laughs> They're consumers too, Tom. I mean, really. <laughs> You're a lawyer. We should say that right up front, That's right? That's true, My yes. husband's a lawyer. Um, so I'm, we're not anti-lawyer. Mm-hmm. We are pro-consumer access. Right. And Isn't one that of the, a way to put it? Right. And one of the things we've I've seen over the years I've been doing this is a change in the mindset of lawyers where uh, most lawyers – see the reasoning behind this. And a lot of lawyers can benefit from a lot of the new business arrangements that are allowed. And look, if you're if you're a lawyer and you feel threatened because somebody who's not a lawyer might be able to do the services you do, uh, presumably as a lawyer, we're providing more services uh, and greater value than someone sure. who's sure. not a lawyer. If you're able to, uh, to promote those skills and show the value of those, you're going to do fine. You may even do better in a world where Customers can spend some money on a non-lawyer and some money on you. Similarly, yeah. if you're worried about your small firm being gobbled up by a large firm, a lot of lawyers would love to be an employee rather than run a business. I didn't go to law school to run a business. I went to <laughs> law school because I wanted to learn about law and use those skills. Right. And if you're running a small law firm, uh, you're not spending nearly as much time practicing law. You're spending a lot of time running a business. If you were able to work for a you know say a Costco or a Target uh, there well somebody who runs a business and does it just as a matter of, of right. practice exactly right. if you were able to work for a large company that provides business for you that finds customers and you just get to practice law all day that's a dream job for a lot of lawyers if you want to keep your small law firm you can and you might find that that's 
what you like, but no one's forcing anybody to work for a large firm. They might like it, though, if they work for a large consumer sure. firm. Well, you take away all the administrative duties and give you more time to do what you really trained to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, yeah, and that that's a very interesting thing. So you still don't know the results of the ABA proposal, the New York thing. You think you've put a kibosh on it? Oh, no, the ABA proposal has passed it's with done. amendments that okay. have that made you, it much you're more palatable. Much more comfortable with. Okay, great. Let's just take a brief pause here. Uh, we're, you're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Tom Gordon. He's the executive director of Responsive Law, and we're talking about some of the significant things that have been happening across the country, which while it may not be in your state, it may very well impact you. And, of course, the ABA decision impacts anyone in every state, right, in terms of the legal services we were just talking about online. Right. Lots of states take their lead from the ABA, so mm-hmm. even though the ABA – doesn't govern them. They will often adapt uh, ABA rules once the ABA does. Now, one of the big things um, that's very interesting to me is this whole business about whether lawyers are required for real estate closings. Now, the forms are lengthy, very lengthy. My son bought a house just recently, so I know what he went through in terms of purchasing the house and having to hire a lawyer and Associated costs with it, it's, it's amazing what it adds to the purchase of a, of a, a residence. But um, what's happening in that area? Because it has been proposed that real estate agents who really do know what they're doing don't really – I think is it being proposed that in Rhode Island that the Supreme Court of Rhode Island is going to make a decision on whether or not real, uh, real estate agents – can do the settlement without a lawyer? That's right. So, well, what's happening is there was a decision by a, a committee of the Supreme Court that uh, their unauthorized practice of law committee that certain real estate agents were engaged in the unauthorized practice of law because of the services they were providing. And this went up to the Rhode Island Supreme Court, which after a long delay uh, has uh, finally just recently heard oral argument on, uh, on this matter. They actually spent, I believe it was four, four and a half hours uh, hearing oral argument from various parties. Uh, we filed an amicus brief. We did not uh, present oral argument, but we filed an amicus brief again stating that consumers have a great interest in having services available by the most competent person to provide them. In this case, that would be the real estate agent, not necessarily the lawyer, um, and that it would bring prices down and that it would leave consumers continuing to be protected. Um, and so we're expecting a decision before July on that um, as to whether lawyers can engage in various services. It may come down that certain services are allowed to be done by real estate agents and certain ones would require a lawyer. It might be they decide that all of them require a lawyer. It could be all of them are able you to be provided by But anyone. right now, at least I think in the state of Maryland, don't all real estate settlements require a lawyer? Uh, I don't know specifically on Maryland, but most states, I most believe, state do, do. Yeah. do require it. Yeah. Um, there is an interesting – uh, case study, the Federal Trade Commission has weighed in on this matter a few times in the past, uh, including uh, pointing out a case study out of New Jersey where, for uh, various reasons, half the state uh, required a lawyer and half the state did not. Uh, and I confess I don't know the reasons for that in New Jersey law, but uh, they found uh, – they did a study and found an actual price difference within the same state where you were required to have a lawyer and where you weren't required to have a lawyer. And no, there's no difference in the quality of – uh, of your transaction of, you know, mm-hmm. real estate agents can search for title, can do all the other things that you have to do at closing uh, when you're signing. Well, all those, those are documents. the important things anyway, because right. the contracts are pretty much standard mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. 
Right. And, and lengthy. Right. Very and, lengthy. And, and again, like saying you need to be a lawyer to do this is is also over-inclusive. I mean, I am a lawyer and legally in D.C. and in Maryland where I'm admitted, I could take on your real estate closing and represent you. But you would never want to do that. Please don't hire me to assist you with a real estate closing because the real estate agent would do a far better job than sure, I would. Same thing sure. with writing a will or any other number of services that people who have done it lots of times who may not be lawyers are way more competent to provide. Is it generally a, available? You talk about write, writing a will and this, of course, is one of the things that it's so important that people have life plans, that they, they have um, – all the things they need to do about their medical care, that they have a will and so on. And you and I have discussed this in the past, how many people that don't have this sort of thing because they – first off, they don't want to go to the expense of, of having it done. But are there um, resources now that they can use that makes it easier for them to do things like that? There are – I mean there are a growing number of uh-huh. online resources, uh, online legal document preparation services that allow those. Uh, the other thing that's been interesting is – slow development in uh, in advertising for lawyers. And that's one of the other ways where having a large consumer law firm with a national presence and a national brand would be useful because people learn about their legal needs or their needs in any area by mm-hmm. advertising. Um, mm-hmm. I, one of the reasons I remember to change my oil every three to 5,000 miles is because I heard Jiffy Lube jingles all the time <laughs> and they reminded me to do that. I don't, you know go to Jiffy, change I don't go to Jiffy Lube. I go to my local mechanic, but I know that's what I have to do because the advertising educates me about that. And right. people don't know about their legal needs, don't know what they are because they don't see advertising about legal matters. They don't think mm-hmm. I need to get a legal checkup. So lawyers cannot really advertise except they, we see – we I see um, personal injury lawyers. Lawyers can advertise. There are some restrictions in place that – uh, prevent them from doing it. But what's the bigger problem is that lawyers uh, in these small firms are not likely to be the ones – if you're doing a small employment practice or if you're doing a small mm-hmm. housing practice or a small consumer law practice, you're not going to be in a position where you're no. advertising, where no. you would well, be able to do that. they can't afford right. it. They'd have to have a big income in order to pay the exactly. ad. Exactly. Whereas if you had a larger national brand, you'd be able to advertise and reach mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. educate them about the things they might need legal help for. Mm-hmm. What do you see in the horizon? We have a couple of minutes. Let's get your future, your crystal ball out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that uh, at least one of these states will – you know, California, Utah, Arizona will – uh, will break the ice on allowing uh, these alternative business structures, allowing business structures that are alternative to what's going on in law, but really traditional in terms of any other service sector. Yes. So that people will eventually, maybe five years down the line, but will eventually start to see uh, services available in the way that they're used to seeing services in every other sector of the economy. That would be very encouraging and great for consumers mm-hmm. right now. Right. And I, mean, I think also once they start to do that, other states will see that this is working, that consumers aren't being harmed, and hopefully will allow their states and to do the same. And that they're not being harmed, that the, the, right. the lawyers are going, not going to be harmed. Exactly. You know, because there's always going to be a need for legal services. That's never going to go away. And I think what we're talking about are some of the smaller things that really could be done by a competent professional mm-hmm. and that would save consumers money and leave lawyers open to do all the bigger stuff. Right. And would also allow lawyers to take on some of those smaller things more efficiently where they can't afford yes. to take them on now. Yes. Oh, OK. That's a great point. It would bring down the price mm-hmm. of legal services down from, say, $200 an hour to – if it were $50 an hour, people could afford a lawyer Oh, sure. You could do things. a lot more. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Well, look, my my best to you – and your website is responsivelaw.org. Is that correct? That's correct. OK. And people can get a lot of information there. That You even have a section on hiring a lawyer and mm-hmm. – I think you even have part of that is firing a lawyer. 
Oh, that is part of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can hire them and you can fire them. Uh, did you ever know that? You could fire a lawyer? Well, we're not going to doing start doing things like that around here, Tom. We're not going to certainly fire you. you <laughs> thank you thank so you. much. Very educational, very informative, and, and encouraging in opening up legal services to consumers. Really, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. And you've been listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on Federal News Radio Network, 1500 AM. I'm Shirley Rooker. You can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. That's Shirley at callforaction.org. And thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.